at the center of the universe. At the border between the light and the dark stands Castle Grayskull. For countless ages, the heroes of Grayskull have defended the universe against the forces of evil. Walk through the Hall of Living Pictures and learn the history and mystery of the masters of the universe. Dive deep into the mythology of Eternia, Etheria, and more. For those who know the stories of Grayskull will come the power. The power to be supreme. The power to be all-knowing. The power to be... Legends of Grayskull. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 14 and a half of Legends of Grayskull, the fan podcast where we discuss the history, the mystery, the magic, and mythology of He-Man, She-Ra, Eternia, Etheria, Primus, Nordor, New Adventures, Old Adventures, Filmation, Jetlag, Netflix, and even some records? I'm Matthew Duke. Records? I'm here with Sean Skavarna. <laughs> Sean, how are we doing tonight? I'm okay. Uh, it, you, you, you know personally it has been a little bit of a weird week for me, but you went and decided, hey, let's do something fun that's completely off the beaten path for us tonight. We and are. Uh, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty pumped. So, yep. Before we get to that, um, I, th- I think we got a little bit of news to discuss. Not a lot, but there's been a few things here. Um, I don't know if you've seen it, but they released the in-package shots of Masters of the Universe Origins for that the mm-hmm. first wave. Yep, saw those. Yeah, so we got, uh, oh, what is it? Skeletor, Evelyn, and Beastman, and then Man-at-Arms, He-Man, and Tila, right? That was mm-hmm. six? Yeah, if I remember correctly, yep. Yeah. And, and the reason I'm bringing this up is not because, I mean, we've said our, our thoughts on Origins quite a bit here. Um, we're not going to rehash that tonight, folks. But the the interesting thing in seeing those package figures is that you can catch just a little glimpse of the mini-comic behind them. Ah, uh, see, I didn't look that closely. So, oh, okay. I did. <laughs> um, and I want to say the the... Uh, the one that I could see there, it looked like, obviously, you could tell that there was He-Man on the cover. I mean, it's hard to see much because it's, it's you know, blocked and everything. But I wanted to say yeah. it looked like the, the title is two words, and it looked like both words started with B. Um, the best I could think of looking at it was, was Barbarian Begins, but uh, I don't know. But hmm. the interesting thing to me was... Every one of those figures had the same mini comic behind them. Mm-hmm. And that's I heard the potential of that was there, but I was hoping yeah. it wasn't. I, I, I was, was hoping that it, it, it like not that it wasn't, but I was hoping that it isn't the case, is what I should be saying. Oh, I sincerely if all six of those figures come with the same mini comic like the kid completes the first wave. And they've got six it copies of this same comic. Yep. 
I mean, I'm not even saying you have to go four like the original first wave. But I figure at least two, like a, uh, yeah. an evil warriors and a heroic warriors one. So, mm-hmm. I'm yeah, I'm, that's rough. Yeah, and that's the thing because the the masters of the WWE universe. They all came with individual ones based on the figure. Yep. So every figure got a different one. But those are actually only two pages long. They're, yeah, it's basically a folded piece of paper. Yeah, That's it's, a, it. <laughs> it's a folded piece of paper. It's got the cover and the back cover. And then the interior story is only two pages. Mm-hmm. So I remember back that was the, the worry was people were contacting Mattel going, is this what you're going to do with Origins? And like, no, no, no. Origins is going to have full books. You know, there's still going to be mini comics, so you're looking probably mm-hmm. eight to ten pages. You know, it's not a full size comic, obviously, mm-hmm. but um, but are now the question is, are we getting more than one? Because. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like when I saw the packaging photos this week, I felt like they were legit. Here's the photo of the whole thing. It wasn't like a mock-up. Yeah. And so I felt too. when, when, uh, the ultimates line came out, uh, back in, uh, what, they, they shipped in 2017, but I guess they were, you could order them in 2016 from super seven. Right. Those, they mocked them up in Photoshop and you could completely tell here's, Here's the figure photoshopped into the uh, the plastic, and here's the back of the card and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, I, there's a part of me that goes, maybe it's still test shots of these just to put them out there and keep the excitement and the the uh, you know the it, yeah the excitement alive basically for the fans. But I also heard um, I heard somewhere they were saying that they were going to do like one book. And all of them were going to have the same book. And that was something that I I heard once. And I'm like, if they're smart, they shouldn't be doing that. So I dismissed it just out of like, that's just stupid. Like, uh, here's here's another thing real quick. Um, With the this day and age and the multimedia advantages that you would think they would want to put into this line. How is it that with the mini comics, they wouldn't want to do something where they give you a website or uh, like a QR code or something yeah. and you scan it and each each Monday, because they always do the Masters Mondays or Motu mm-hmm. Mondays or whatever you call them. Why wouldn't they want to do something where maybe they put up a few more pages? Like every Monday you get two more pages until the story's finished or something like that would be enough that you could at least gauge the interactivity of these kind of things versus here's the same comic all across the board. And you know, kids are just going to throw these things out because Absolutely. why would you hold on to six different copies of the same thing? You know? Yes. And that's the thing. It's like for us as getting all those different mini comics, like, well, I want more figures. Not only because the figures are cool, but it's like, I want to see where the story is going. Like, oh, exactly. It's got a different comic. Like what happens? It helps what? build that foundation. It helps you introduce these characters without having to rely on, on you know the cartoon or yeah. any books or anything else like it's right there it introduces you to the world it gives you the other characters and so then mm-hmm. you're going okay like I, I i know about this world just from buying this one toy and now i want to buy more exactly um, or, or at the it, end yeah go ahead oh I, I was gonna say at the end it could be kind of cool where they go for more of the story by the merman yes. figure 
right. you know, it's like you're, you're built in here. They, they want to get the next one either because they like the story or, you know, they like the figure or whatever. Yeah. And it's almost like recommending, hey, if you like Skeletor, Beastman's for you too, maybe right. or whatever, you know. And, and like I said, I can't believe that they didn't go the, you know, okay, even if you don't want to put it out for free just for anybody, put a code in there where you go mm-hmm. to, you know, Mattel.com forward slash Master of the Universe, and instead of the mini comic, it's 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 the graphic, it's like the mock-up cover, but then on the, it's just a single piece of paper, and on the back is a code, and then you go to the website, and you can redeem the code for a digital comic, because digital mm-hmm. comics are big right now. Sure. It's funny because I. (laughs) They actually did that in classics. I don't know if you if you knew about that. I I only have one of the mini comics from classics because I haven't been buying them. Like I've been getting them loose, so half the time I don't even get like the extras like that or like the maps or whatever. Well, yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. They did do the printed mini comics, but I just found out today because I opened my Shakoti earlier today, uh. and the uh, guy who sold it to me sent it to me in a Geldor mailer. It just okay must have been whatever he had. Sure, but on the back here is is an ad to get a free. He-Man and I the remember Masters that. Universe number one digital comic book. I didn't even realize they did this. And it's got a website and a code. And yep. you go there and you get the, the – the it's the first issue of the that miniseries, the Amnesia storyline, which is not – That's going to really help. <laughs> but, like, they, they did it back then. Why aren't they doing that now with the kids who all have their – yes, I'm going to sound like the old man. They all have their iPods and iPads and their their – their computer junk, you know, yep. like, I mean, I'm all for printed mini comics. Don't get me wrong. That's how I prefer it. But if you're, if it's, if it's the cost between, okay, we can do one mini comic, a wave versus maybe we can do at least two or three depending on, you know, digitally and just print mm-hmm. a code in there. Like to me, that's a no brainer because the more stories, mm-hmm. the better, the more involved you get. So, mm-hmm. um, exactly. Like I said, this may all be for nothing, but I wanted to address it because that was the first thing I noticed with those package shots. Is And like you said, those things look final to me. And I know yeah. they're supposed to be shipping in the fall, so you're thinking that those are... If they're not... <clears throat> excuse me, if they're not final, they're darn close to final, so... Yep. What yeah. Uh, whoever came up with that one, they're, they're going to have to be like, really... Like when they get released and all these kids are like, oh, I just throw that out. Really? Right. It's like, really, Bob, this was your idea. Thank you so much. (laughs) Or whatever his name is or her name is, maybe. And the one other thing I want to mention right quick before we get into the meat and potatoes of this episode. Again, it's not something necessarily that I'm into, but it's it's neat. And for those fans who like it, um, so for the Masters of the WWE Universe, uh, it just turned out that, um, you know, that's the crossover toys where, where they take the wrestlers and they make them look like Masters characters. Um, and so the uh, Google Play Store has a game called WWE Champions 2020. And it's... Uh, hmm. It is... 
an action RPG and puzzle battle where you compete in contests based on NXT, Raw, SmackDown, and more. Collect over 200 superstars, including The Rock, Hulk Hogan, Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch, blah, blah, blah. Uh, 35 million players compete to get to WrestleMania. Most that's foreign to me. I was never a big wrestler. Wrestling guy. Um, (laughs) Me neither. But the cool thing is, for those who like it, is that they... they have shown that they are releasing the Masters of the WWE Universe into this game. So, right there, you got the faker John Cena and, oh, what they call him, the Skull King Triple H, I think. Yeah, I, something I, like I, that. I saw when I went to look up the game, uh, they also show the uh, the Macho Man. No, not the, that's not Macho Man. Ultimate Warrior. Um so yeah, so if you guys, mm-hmm. if this is something that you guys are interested in, go check out the WWE Champions 2020 on Google Play, probably on that horrid iTunes store too. So <laughs> it's <laughs> you know my. This is why we Apple. don't have many ratings in the podcast app on on, on Apple. It, it might be. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I go in there like every, every now and then. I'm like, I wonder if we got another rating. Oh, it's still the same ones. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I will say that the the audio the audio versions have a lot of plays, but nobody seems to actually like rate or like or whatever the platform's thing is for Podbean or Spotify or whatever. They mm-hmm. just listen and move on. So Yeah. Well, I guess our, our fans have, you know, they're busy. They're busy yeah. people. So. But they're listening. <laughs> so. But we're glad that you're along with us no matter what. So there you go. Yep. And yeah, so I, I, I don't have much to say about this. I just wanted to throw it out there because if, if that's one of those lines that's cool to you, you like wrestling, hey, it's cool that it's getting the exposure. It can only help, right? You know? I mean, yeah. It, maybe they'll add in the Masters guys eventually, too, because, mm-hmm. I mean, I never thought I'd see the day they, they're doing this kind of stuff, to be honest. And, I mean, I haven't yet to pick up a single one of those figures. Yeah, For right. me, it's, it's, it's just flat out like I see them, and the only one that I thought appealed to me was the Skull King or whatever they call him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But just knowing it's not a Masters guy underneath all yeah. of that makes me just go, I can't do it. I just can't do it. It's just, yeah. no. <laughs> I, thought, I thought about picking one up just to, just to rip it and play with it and just kind of like kind of f- test how the origins are going to so. feel. Yeah, yeah but yeah. I, I haven't pulled the trigger. The only one that really screams to me is for some is that Rey Mysterio who's got the Stratos. The Stratos, like, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There's just something. That, <laughs> there's something about his color scheme, and that one's really done really well. Where I'm like, you know what, this guy would actually like fit in. Like once Origins comes out, like I could see you dropping him in here because he looks to yeah. me the most like a Masters character. Like I could stick him behind Stratos as backup. And I'd mm-hmm. probably be okay with that. Whereas some of them just look like, like the John Cena's, they just look like uh, John Cena with He-Man armor or whatever. Yeah, you know? yeah. So. Yeah, the the faker one is is one where I was like, oh, but it's never made me want to pull the trigger. It's just like, right. oh, cool, Translucent, because Translucent was always something. When I was yeah. a kid, it usually made me go, all right, that's cool. And then uh, um, the, well, uh, the Skull King one I like. 
And mm-hmm. it, like when I saw that one, I was like, this is like if Skeletor and Shao Kahn had like a weekend in Atlantic City and <laughs> something nine months later shows up on his doorstep. Like yeah. it's the weirdest amalgam looking figure. But at the same time, it looks hardcore enough to go like this could be in Masters and it would work. Yes. But even that, I'm just kind of like it, it, it until the Masters ones come out. I'm not even giving these the time of day. And it's just my OCD about it, I guess. I need to have the Masters guys before I even jump into something that isn't Masters, but close, you know. Yeah. If I, so. I, I tell you what, if I probably the biggest thing right now is price to me, where it's like, man, I don't really want to, and they're only fifteen. Like that's not mm-hmm. a terrible price, but I'm like, for something for me just to like play around with and see how it feels, like that seems like a lot. So um, yeah. if they if I ever saw them on clearance and they were like ten or less, uh, I'd probably pull the trigger on one or two. <laughs> just beca- I mean, just because at that point, you know. Yeah, I for me it's 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 definitely boiled down also to just the fact that Origins is really not where my heart is, no matter yeah. what they try to promote for it. And I think we're both in the same boat there, so we don't right. have that pros and cons going back and forth that's the, that's the one thing about our show we agree so much and you you're like man we agree way too much i didn't expect this when we started but no. in the case of this it's true and i like that at least we both agree on this because it feels like there's so many people out there that are like oh this is the most amazing thing since jesus walked on water and i'm like it's all right but hey, have, you, have you have you met classics you know? yeah. i'm like yeah <laughs> no if you so. and if and no offense, guy. If you feel like Origins is the best thing ever, great. I'm glad for yeah. you. But uh, that's cool. I'm not seeing it yet. We'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, once I see them on shelves, it could be a completely different story. I may just yeah. my heart might melt. And um, I bought Stranger Things in when I see it in stores. And I, I, you know, loyal subjects. I swore I was never going to buy yep. any, and I've got quite a few. Um, I, I did that too. <laughs> I said I I said I went by Pops and I I saw Slime Pit He Man and GameStop and I'm like oh hell Uh (laughs) ring me up see (laughs) not not to go down the rabbit hole on Origins too much but as far as that line is concerned they're not even giving me a Skeletor that is a good version of Skeletor because that mouth being open is so not right to me like Skeletor is not somebody that looks he he just, he looks like he's surprised. Like it's his birthday, and everybody jumped out and said "Happy birthday." It, it just I cannot enjoy that at all. I never like it when they have uh, figures that have open mouths. Like like Beast Man Starling with that look is one thing, right. um, but I uh, no. So right off the bat, that's a swing and a miss for me anyway. So it's like I don't even have a proper Skeletor. <laughs> so my heart already is like half even even like three a third quarter or yeah third quarter a third, third yeah third well third quarter works but a it doesn't work in the case i don't want to <laughs> i don't want to do you know but but um it, it's like a third even into the excitement of it compared to even a half or bigger than that at this mm-hmm. point because i'm like i still i can't even get a decent skeletor like the PowerCon exclusive was the closest that I would have been like, that's my Skeletor then until they come out with one when it has its mouth shut, you know? And yep. So, my no, little I, soapbox moment. but I, <laughs> That I completely agree on. And and speaking of things we agree and disagree on, I'll segue a little <laughs> bit earlier, but 
Let's get into our topic for today. Sean, what are we talking about today? <laughs> what are we talking about any day? No. Um, <laughs> so so um, it, I'll preface this, and I, I know we talked about it before okay. uh, recording. Uh, we both want to give a, a big shout out to Steve and Jeremy over at Podcasters of the Universe uh, when it comes to this episode. And I will drop uh, I, a link down below to promote yeah. them because they definitely inspired this. De- definitely, and it's something that I I go back to. They they even on their podcast have said, "Oh, you know, Sean Scavarna listens to this episode a lot." You know, because they <laughs> know that's one of my favorites. And um, episode six and seven of their podcast, they go into the Masters of the Universe LP record. It's the one that has uh, He-Man with his battle axe and shield knocking the power sword out of Skeletor's hand. And Teela's got him for backup. And right there. They're in the middle there. And um, I had that one when I was a kid. And lo and behold, I'm I'm listening to their show. And I'm getting to hear my childhood all over again by them playing clips from this on uh, over the span of six and seven for their episodes. So we wanted to say, hey, thanks for giving us the, hey, we need to cover this at some point, too, because this is this is a fun thing. And in Matt's case, I know he's like, yeah. you still like this theme song. <laughs> well, and here, here's, let me tell my story now. So I have no, I've seen this record bounce around over the years because it's a very striking cover and everything. Mm-hmm. And so... But I never thought much of it. And it is it is a kid stuff record. Um, but it had no book with it. It is just a record. And it is a full yep. record, unlike the storybook ones, which were only about like seven to ten minutes. This one has two sides, you know, front and back. It's about 40, 45 minutes total. Um, and... So when I was, and I know Sean's talked about the record and I'm like, you know, I never listened to it or whatever. And then when I was going around trying to find inspiration for our intro and outro, I was listening to all these different stuff, uh, you know, <laughs> scrolling the internet and I came across the audio for this and I'm like, oh, okay, well this, let's hear it. And that opening song started and I'm just like, this is ridiculous. Um, and I, <laughs> I could not even sit through this opening song, and I, I gave Sean quite a bit of grief, you know, teasing, oh, yeah. lovingly teasing. You, but, you, uh, you were howling, laughing, going, what the crap, you like I this? I was, song? I was. It is, and we'll, and we'll get to that in a minute here. But, uh, yep. The, but, and I just, I, I stopped there, and I never revisited it. And then... Fast forward, and we're talking months later here. Um, mm-hmm. I'm I, I did discover podcasters of the universe. I'd always I'd always known of them, but I never really followed it. But I'm I'm just randomly scrolling through the back catalog of their their episodes there at work one day, trying to take my mind off the monotonous unstacking that I was doing, and uh, they start talking about this record, and they played some clips from it. And after that first clip that they played, I'm like, I've got to go listen to this. I've got to make it through that theme song, and I've got to listen to it. And then after listening Mm -hmm. to it, I'm like, 
okay, Sean, this is what we're talking about. Like, <laughs> it, so, it works. It works. It, like, the, a, a lot of it works. It's, 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 it's very much its own thing. Yep. Um, and real quick here before I forget. And the other interesting thing is there's not a lot of information about this record. Mm-hmm. Um, no idea who the voice cast is. You know, who who the composers were, like, yeah. anything. Like, there's not a lot of information out there about this. Um, mm-hmm. But it was, it was first released in 1983, uh, shortly before the Filmation cartoon premiered. Uh, it was written and produced by John Braden, um, and that's about, that's the only credit I could find for this entire thing. Is that it was written and produced mm. by John Braden. Um, uh, the, it's it's another it's another. We keep getting stuck in this this place though, because it's a, it's a, this intermediate step between the first four mini comics and filmation. So basically, yep. it's like first four mini comics, uh, those that DC mini series we've already covered. This and then filmation, so mm-hmm. it's in that gray area again, where a lot of it's in it's it's influenced by that Michael Halperin uh, Bible that he wrote for Mattel in 1982, um, which led into the filmation series Bible. But it's also sure. very much its own thing. So yeah, um, so yeah, so that's what we're talking about today. We're gonna do side one today because this is a long record. Um, so we're going to do the first side today. Uh, next week we'll have our, our full episode, uh, and then the next half episode after that, we'll come back and finish side two but for side one today. Uh, you want to jump in on Sean or you got anything more to say before we, uh, listen? Um, uh, basically the thing about this, I, I love this era of masters because I liked that it. it was still in flux and I liked that. You're seeing the building of the story and you're, you're witnessing the transitions. Like you were saying, it's that gray area that it, to me, that era is usually the lost era. I remember it very vividly because this was the beginnings of the stuff that everybody else got when filmation hit. But, uh, this, this is a good fond memory. And again, thank you to Steve and Jeremy over at Podcasters for reminding me of this because it was years since I even listened to the record. And it brought back all these images in my head of like, I had the record player in my room yeah. sitting on the floor, all of my figures and Castle Grayskull and everything. And it's just like, I would sit there and look at that cover art and I would just have the images of this painted in my head. And then right after I was done listening to it, I had all my figures out and I'm like, now I'm going to do it. And I'm playing it. (laughs) It's like, that is why this line is what it is. It's like it, it, it unleashed your imagination and then you had to play something. It, it, It influenced you that way. And this is one of those, like I said, it's in the lost era to me. So yeah. this is worthy of a listen. Whether you think the theme is ridiculous or it's amazing, it doesn't matter. Just listen to it. Yes, and I, and oh, and real quick, <laughs> you just reminded me. Do you still have your childhood record, or has that been lost? To time? It might be lost to time at this point. Uh, my mom had all of the records I had when I was a kid, so there's a chance they might be at her house. Um, but a lot of that kind of stuff that she's finding, she usually would bring over before all this craziness happened with the world. So I have a feeling it might 
be lost to time, but it is something. If I got a record player, I'd be real tempted again, and I'm not gonna lie. So, yeah. well, I was just curious because looking around, there seems to be two copies of this. The one like I use for the image there, where mm-hmm. it's just that the cover, and then that kid stuff logo is that that yellow and red, like that kid stuff logo we see on all the books. Yeah. And there seems to be another version where this is actually open in the picture of He-Man and Skeletor is on the record itself. And you mm-hmm. can, like, see through it, and it's got a Kid Stuff logo that's a little different from that one. So I was just curious if you remembered which I, one you had. I had the one that it was the solid cover on it because I, I had that right in my hands. I still remember it to this day. And if I remember right, the record had nothing on it other than like the sticker in the middle to just say, you know, Masters of the Universe kid stuff kind of thing. And, uh, you know, like you flip it on the back and there's He-Man and and, uh, to quote (laughs) to quote Jeremy, he's in his Captain Morgan stance doing, you know, he he just threw Skeletor off the parapet of Grayskull with either he's, he's belting out something crazy from hair metal or it's the, you know why'd you make me do it kind of thing as they <laughs> said on the show. And it's true. It's cause like, as a kid, I even was like, he went there. Yeah. I mean, that was like the first chance of like man of steel in my life where I was like, Holy <laughs> crap. He just broke Zod's neck. It's like, well, he man did that in 1983. What are you? About? <laughs> you know? It's fine. So, yeah. It, it all worked out in the end. He was, everybody was happier. Whatever. Yep. So. All right. So let's jump right in it. And listeners, I am going to let this theme play. So, Ah, ah. <laughs> Buckle in, here we go. This is the good stuff. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> oh, I love it. I do like the part where it gets to echoes. That that part is where I start damning. Yeah. Here we go. Here comes part Here it comes. Space. Lost in time. Win, 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 win. We're back, people. We're going to win.
It's not over yet, folks. I know it seems like it should be, but it's not. I love it. Halfway there. Halfway there. Halfway there. We are the masters of the universe. <laughs> oh. Cody's getting into it. Did they really have to repeat every verse three times? <laughs> <laughs> yes, they did. Seconds. Oh, the Lord. theme song. <laughs> uh, now I, I gotta admit, yes, that that end part there, the echoes, like it's got a good beat. It really does, but it just drags on. I whoever <laughs> thought it's like, hey, this is the, we're gonna make this record book, introduce a Masters of the Universe. It's like, oh, it's gotta start with like a, a five minute guitar solo with thunder in the background like clearly is there um, any other way to do that <laughs> i mean jeez <laughs> like i said once i listen to it all and especially once you listen to the story we're about to it it really does grow on you uh to where at work today i was humming this song but uh it's the the singing <laughs> itself is just so sunny and share variety hour like <laughs> You know, and even yeah. Sean agrees. I said, and that's why I said after the first time I listened to this, before I listened to the rest of the record, I'm like, it sounds yep. like a 70s, but like, welcome to the Masters of the Universe Variety Hour, starring <laughs> Skeletor and He-Man, special mm-hmm. appearances by Beastman and Tila, yay! Yeah. <laughs> and Sean, what does hey. it remind you of? It, 
I, I, even as a kid, okay, when I was a kid listening to this al- album, I remember thinking to myself, are they getting to the point yet? Because that was yeah. my, like, as a kid, you're like, I want to hear the story. And this thing just kept going. And I'm like, I just already heard all that stuff. They're repeating it. Why are they repeating it? I already got the idea. But, it, it, the thing is, for me, it's infectious. It, it like is. you said, it, you were humming it all day. And there's something about it where, like, this falling between the mini comics and when Filmation aired, there's that part of me that like, I, I told you I was like, I thought I had a, I thought I had an in. I thought I knew that this was going to be the theme song to the cartoon yeah. and all this because this was the theme they used in other recordings later on. Like they didn't yes. use the whole theme, but the the melody was used mm-hmm. and stuff. You're right, um, like it'll be used so in this I, one later. Yeah, I, I thought, okay, I thought it was going to be, this is going to be the setup to everything else. And boy, was I wrong. Yeah. And I don't mind the theme song to Filmation. It's okay. Yeah. But. It's much better. <laughs> but this one is but, good. But and this that is fun. neat that, that they actually took the time. So this is kid stuff. This is a division mm-hmm. of Golden Book. Like, they actually took the time, like, hey, we're going to make a theme song. And we're going to use this mm-hmm. across multiple records like that's mm-hmm. that's some commitment there you wouldn't get that nowadays you know it, it's so. it is and and it, it gives you this feeling which is great but the thing i love too and and uh again i told you this personally i want to tell yeah, the, the uh, listeners now is in my head listening to that as a kid all i could think of was the live shots that you'd see of the people, the, all of the rock musical superstars from the 80s gathered together to do We Are the World. Yeah. So all is. I had in my <laughs> head was like He-Man, Skeletor sharing a mic, Tila and Evelyn sharing a mic, you know, Beastman and Man-at-Arms, and they're doing the bass sections. Tila and, <laughs> and Evelyn are doing the, the, the higher women vocals and then he man is skeleton we will fight you know they're doing the thing you know and i i I had this like he man's doing the huey lewis where he's like getting into it with his singing and i I, I just the the headphones exactly yeah they they had to have their hand on one side or else it wasn't legit you know and that was how i pictured it because i'm like i don't know who's singing this but i'm guessing they make me want to think it's he-man singing it now and i'm like i don't know why he-man had a musical career the ninja turtles did that before him but actually they did it it after him but well well you know what before he he did it in as in like he never did that you know is what i'm trying to say (laughs) <laughs> so but yeah that was that was one of those moments watching it or or listening to it my mind went to some really weird places from the 80s but uh Absolutely. no I, to this day i still love that it, it, there's this cheesiness that it's so thick it's like velveta is jealous but- all right so let's jump back in let's see what's up next here reaches of space, hidden from view by the swirling gases of a trillion solar systems, lies a world beyond all imagining. Here, spinning in the endless blackness of space, exists the planet Eternia. Eternia. Even in the name, you can hear the magic, the roar of the winds that Mm -hmm. move their way through the rocky mountaintops. The crashing of the waves that cast themselves upon the sandy shores of time on this mysterious world. 
tucked away in a forgotten corner of the universe. Eternia, the equatorial vine jungle, whose steamy swamps swarm with gigantic serpents and twisted man-eating plants whose roots dangle dangerously, waiting to trap and devour any foolhardy intruder. Eternia, where the evergreen forest towers as immense trees reach upward toward the fleecy blue sky overhead. The thick, ferny underbrush teems with countless strange creatures who have evolved into life forms much different from those on Earth. Great winged lizards dangle by their scaly claws from the topmost branches of the pines, while deep within the mossy caves that line the cliffs, awesome dragons watch the world through beady green eyes and spew their sulfurous breath out into the morning chill. Eternia, the sprawling sands of time, a desert whose shifting dunes hide ruins of long past ages when great stone temples lined the streets of imperial cities, all gone now, swallowed up and swept away by the constant changing sands. All that remain are a few crumbling monuments to tell the tale of a forgotten civilization that labored and perished in the unforgiving desert. Eternia, a world of unimaginable beauty and unspeakable danger. For it is here, on this isolated planet, that one of the greatest battles between good and evil in the universe is being played out. The monstrous Skeletor, a villain of unending cunning and wit. I know I cut it off mid-sentence, but I wanted to, I wanted to talk a second about that description of Eternia. And I haven't listened to this enough to to recall where all the cuts are. Um, mm-hmm. But man, this guy John Braden, man, he paints a picture. Like, um, I love I love the descriptions of all the play, and you're getting all the familiar places that you're used to, which shows this mm-hmm. is after the Helper and Bible because you've got the Vine Jungle, you got the Sands of Time. You got the evergreen forest, um, and and just how in, in knowing he's only got dialogue, how he just paints this picture between that and the sound effects in the background. And yeah, that's the best part is the little mm-hmm. squawks and roars and the wind howling. Um, yep, and it definitely paints you that picture of this is between the two because there's a little bit of that forgotten civilization that was wiped out, but then yep. also there's a lot there's it's not just a wasteland true i mean this this uh intro is it's absolutely stunning every time i hear this this is why i love my childhood yeah like it wasn't talking down to me it wasn't even attempting to make it dumbed down so that hopefully I will, at four years old, understand what they're trying to tell me on this record. The the verboseness he used and the, mm-hmm. the vocabulary he used, it went above and beyond what I would even be capable oh, of hearing my parents say. But still, I'm painting these images in my head, and it's making this 3D world full of life in just a few sentences to, a, you know, maybe like two paragraphs worth about yeah. Eternia. And it, for those who are watching it on the video, at least our, our expressions and stuff, 
I'm just sitting here with such a big, dumb smile because I can't not hear this stuff and just go like, I'm getting chills going. This is why I I had all the different toy brands as a kid, but Masters was the one I kept coming back to because it just, it it awakened the imagination like no other, in my opinion. And it's, it's so well written. I mean, I love that just in and of itself i could listen to that on a loop all day and just be like completely walking on air going like this is just this is the stuff right and on top of that go ahead go ahead i was just gonna say i've got the (laughs) transcript here and it's just like it's all amazing but this one line here it's like during the sands of time speech it's all that Mm -hmm. remains are a few crumbling monuments to tell the tale of a forgotten civilization that labored and perished in the unforgiving desert like yeah. this again, I, I'm not going to harp on it, but recent stuff has shown how they, they try and write down to certain demographics and it just comes off flat. You don't need to write down. I mean, that is not talking down to kids at all. He's just like, I'm going to tell a story. And mm-hmm. he thinks about it from beginning to end. Like, okay, these warriors didn't just spring up here overnight. There was, mm-hmm. there was a, a before a, where they are and there's going to be an after. Mm-hmm. Keeping all that in mind when you're writing is a big thing. And right there, yes. he didn't have to take time to talk about the people who lived in, de- like, a civilization that died out in the sands of time. Like, that's mm-hmm. meaningless to the story, but it just it creates that bigger world. And, it and does. The world building in this for opening segment alone is is amazing. Yeah, 2002's got nothing on this. There's a <laughs> 2000XMYP, it's like, for as much as I tout that, for the world building, it's got nothing on the beginning of this record, and it's it's such a great intro. And the thing too, um, it, hand in hand, you it, well, you have the 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 music and the special effects, mm-hmm. the sound effects, but then you also have the narrator. Mm-hmm. And the narrator, um, I, I know they were trying to figure out on podcasters who he sounded like, and and I figured it out just the other day. For me, he reminds me of if Vincent Price and Stan Lee just melded their voices. That would be how I hear him. Okay. And it, it brings back the energy and this gravatus that a lot of things don't have for this brand. It's like this guy is, it's, it's like he's the village elder and he's beckoning the kids to come over so he can tell them a tale by the firelight. And this is he man, you know, it's like, this is building this legend in such a great way. And that's why, like I get chills listening to it because this is the kind of stuff that's effective of this brand, but it also, it does it so well that it doesn't have to even equate to your childhood. It can just be, no. just listen to this, right. just enjoy it. You know, I will say there, there is a dash of Peter Cullen in there for me. I don't know what yeah. it is, but there's just something about that's very optimist prime like and very, and he's the narrator in a lot of things. He actually did some of the early masters of the universe toy commercials as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there's yeah. a little bit of that there, that kind of, like you said, that kind of superiority. Uh, so Yeah, the gravata. It, it, it reminds me, like in uh, Transformers, the movie, they had that, you know, the narrator, the, it is the year 2005. Yeah, he, he has a little bit of that. And I, I love that. I appreciate it. But th- he has this warmth, but he also has this dignity he's bringing to what you're about to listen to. And I really... I, I I'm I'm always blown away by that when it comes to this record. Absolutely. 
Alright, so now let's learn about uh, Skeletor and He-Man. Agnes has escaped. After years of isolation on his own planet, Infinity, and with a legion of demons at his side, threatens the safety and tranquility of Eternia. But Eternia has a protector. Aha. A hero foretold in legend and myth since the dawn of Eternian time. Centuries ago, Eternia's wise rulers, the Council of Elders, sensed that sometime in the future, danger would descend on their planet. In one moment of incredible concentration, they compressed all their accumulated knowledge and wisdom about the universe into one omnipotent glowing orb of power. They transformed the center of their government, the lustrous Hall of Wisdom, into a fearsome, rocky castle with the stone face of a skull at its front. They placed the orb of light and wisdom deep in the musty dungeons of the castle, where it would be safe from the forces of evil. Over the thousands of years that followed, the thick evergreen forest swallowed up the frightful edifice, and it disappeared into memory and folk legend. But to this very day, its name brings a chill of fear and awe. It is the mighty Castle Grayskull. And now, the evil warrior that the wise council of elders feared has arrived. Skeletor stalks the planet, searching for a way to seize control. But at every turn, his wickedness is checked by the heroic protector spoken of in the old tales. A giant of a man, with long golden hair and rippling muscles that gleam in the brilliant Eternian sunlight. This is He-Man. Okay, it's a lot of info there. Um, <laughs> so it's definitely following the, 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 the Mattel series Bible there, where, you know, the Council of Wisdom or the, the Hall of Wisdom became Castle Grayskull. They hid the orb away. Yes, people, that origin did not just pop up in 2000X randomly, um, mm-hmm. although they tweaked it a little bit. The Hall of Wisdom just disappeared. Um, but, the, yeah, the orb of power and everything, that's been around for a long time. Uh, it even appears in the Filmation Bible as well. It just it never got to that, so mm-hmm. where they actually explained it. Um, but it did show up here. It showed up in the, the Golden Book Castle Grayskull. So it's it's a different origin, but I, I, I dig it. I dig it. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, to, to this day, like just that build up to when you hear him say the name Castle Grayskull, there's just mm-hmm. this awe. To that and and oh my god, it, it just makes me happy. I can't, I can't. I'm grinning. Basically, anybody watching video can be like, Sean's just smiling the whole time. He's a freaking fool. But it, yeah. this is this is the basis of how I knew this line was the mini comics and this. It's like if if they could have gotten Alfredo Alcala to to do the mini comic to this story, I don't oh, think there yeah. would have been a mini comic better because the story's good. On top of the, the fact that the artwork would have been amazing looking too, but Absolutely. yeah, all of all of that history, and it, it like I when I was a kid, I never once was bored listening to this. It actually made me more invested in the the brand because I was like, 
wow, you know, all this stuff that I'm getting told about the leading up to Castle Grayskull and da 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 da. Mm-hmm. And then, and then on top of that, um, you have the, the Infinita deal with, uh, with Skeletor in this yeah. version. So that, that throws a little bit more of a twist into his origin for here. But, um, but yeah, and even, even like that theme kicking in and, and the fact that, you know, you have it, but, Eternia has a protector. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it, you know, it's like, it's that yeah, moment it where you're just like, it's, it's, it's the damn closest thing that you have to Adam taking that pose and pulling mm-hmm. the sword out. You know, basically that's your moment here. And it's still, it's still just as awesome to just hear that build up there. Cause oh, this is he man. You know, it's like, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. We talked about Skeletor. We've given the basis for Castle Grayskull. Yeah. And this is this is nine and a half minutes here, folks, of actual playtime, yeah. and and you know seven minutes of that was the intro, the theme song. So, uh, yeah. So let's find out about He-Man. Let's do it. In order to protect his true identity and thus make it harder for Skeletor to destroy him, a secret identity lives a double life as Prince Adam, <laughs> playful son of King Randor and Queen Marlena. Even now. As we speak, Prince Adam is playing with his pet tiger, Cringer, in the beautiful gardens that surround his father's castle. He and his feline friend romp in the tall grass, happy and carefree, unaware that, as He-Man, he is about to face the most difficult and dangerous challenge of his life, a life-and-death struggle with Skeletor, the outcome of which will determine the fate of the planet and perhaps the entire universe. Just real quick there, because we're about to get into this story, so that's the last introduction. Here again. I hate being that guy, but I also love being that guy. So all you people who, well, Filmation ruined it because they made Prince Adam, and I liked my He-Man just being He-Man, and why did Filmation have to ruin it? So now we've got the D, we've got the DC miniseries mm-hmm. in this record book that both predated Filmation. So, mm-hmm. like it or not, it was not a Filmation decision. It was where Mattel was going with this brand. So we have, you know, I'll get up on my soapbox for a minute. So we have isolated those first four mini comics are the only ones where He Man doesn't have a secret identity, and he's just He Man. Stop blaming my beloved filmation. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know. For me, I, uh, I I grew up with this one. Like I said, I this was a, a huge exposure into a bigger world more than even the mini comics, and it didn't really bother. I, it's it's weird because I wish I could go back and actually sit down with me the day I was listening to it. Yeah. Because I'd love to know if I got this after or before filmation actually hit. Because it mm-hmm. never once made me go, who the hell's yeah. Prince Adam? Like I either knew it from the the DC book, yeah. But the, I told you I didn't have the first issue of that, and he was only yeah. Adam in the first issue. He was He Man throughout the uh, the issue True. two. Although no, technically he was he he had his well, the flashback. he went backward yeah. and then they did the flashback. So maybe that's how I did it, or. Yeah. There might have been some other story because the the golden books were also coming out. Maybe it was that. Right. I don't know, but, but he, never, he, never complained about it. 
And that's the thing. Even that, even your fuzzy memories prove that it flowed so seamlessly. Like this whole, oh, he man should have stayed just he man. You know, Prince Adam was just like everything felt out of place after that. Like that's something as you get older and you go back and look at it, you come up with. I think to any kid watching it at the time. They were just like, okay, I'm in. You know, the the, yeah. the mini comics came out. It's like he's just he man. Then this comes out. He's Adam. The DC comes out. He's Adam. The filmation comes out. And like, like you just rolled with it. Yeah. As once you get older and you look back, then you're like, okay, like I can see where they jumped. But it, at at the moment, I doubt there were very few kids that were that way. You know. Well, the the one thing that I will say though is I do remember listening to this and the version of Adam mm-hmm. that I saw in my head was the blue tunic one from DC. Sure. Sure. And and that was I had him because he was even in some of the Alcala mini comics. Uh like there was the one with uh Randor Marlena in the library at the beginning mm-hmm. of it when when there's yeah. an earthquake and all that. And I think that stuff was already out by the time sure. I got this. I want to say right. it was. Maybe I'm completely wrong. But I know there was something there. And I remember thinking this whole scene, he's in the blue tunic, it, the way that I pictured it. Because I remember when Filmation hit and all of a sudden he comes out of the shadow and he's wearing the pink and everything yeah. or the whatever. And I, I remember going, huh? Yeah. Like this is not who I was sold in the DC comics <laughs> and the other comics. So that that was like a huge sharp contrast to me then. Sure. But then I also in my head was going, it's the 80s. <laughs> I honestly, that was the the way I brushed it off. Exactly. So, all right, I'm good. Let's let's see what Adam and Cringer are doing here, shall we? Yeah, let's let's check in on them. <laughs> Careful, my furry friend. Your claws are sharp. Sometimes you do not realize your own strength. Here, I will toss this stick out onto the lawn, and you will find it and return it to me. You understand? <laughs> Cringer growled with pleasure. He loved the long afternoons he and his master spent in games and fun. Adam hurled the wooden stick high into the air. It soared over the flower beds and landed far away in a bushy area at the very edge of the castle grounds. Sometimes Prince Adam didn't realize his own strength either. Cringer charged away after the stick. Good cat! Find it and bring it to me! Suddenly, a huge black shadow swept across the green lawn. The warm afternoon air was stirred to a chill, <laughs> flapping overhead of two gigantic wings. Prince Adam gazed up into the cloudless sky and saw an amazing sight. It was Zor, the falcon, the great winged bird, whose wingspan was more than 20 yards across, glided low skimming the tops of the tall trees that surround the castle walls. Mm -hmm. And most amazing of all, on the falcon's wide feathered back rode man-at-arms, Prince Adam's teacher and companion. In a sweeping arc, the giant bird and its rider soared over the lawn and landed in a flurry just a few yards from the young prince. Man-at-arms slid down along one of the gigantic wings as Prince Adam rushed to his side. 20 yards? (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, <laughs> I, I miss those days. I miss when Zor was like this badass big freaking falcon flying around instead of the sorcerers sometimes. But but so, yeah. 20 yards? <laughs> Do you know what that equates to? Well, it's not as big as you'd think, but it's still bigger than the sorceress is, I think. <laughs> 20 yards <laughs> equals... I, I, I looked it up earlier because I wanted to yeah. bring this up. 20 yeah. yards equals 60 feet. Six, mm-hmm. zero. That's 10 of so, me. I'm, I'm completely wrong in how big I thought that was because for some reason it just didn't even equate. So, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Sean is bad at math. So, there you go. That's, but, like, uh, bigger than the, the – the, um, no, the eagles from Lord of the Rings. Like, that's that's, and, and that's again, an office like, building. Yeah. And, I mean, imagine <laughs> – it's, like – and also to be, like, here's Man-at-Arms coming in on it. It's, like, I'm sure Man-at-Arms looks like a speck at this point. Man-at-Arms has a whole freaking <laughs> – it's going to take him a day just to climb down the wings. Hey, exactly. <laughs> that's why not not to spoil anything but that's why he doesn't show up for the rest of it he's just like i'm up here it took me all day right, you go do it you go <laughs> but no like i again i love that era too i love that the oh, birds yeah. were freaking huge instead of being these like typical birds like you'd see on earth you know yeah. i mean yeah there's birds that are big but 60 freaking yards. I'd be scared to death of having that land near me. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine. No, it's, say- it reminds me of the Hendersons with the <laughs> condor took a shit. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine how that would be. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will agree. That, you know, I'd, I'd like to see them both, honestly. I don't, I, I like the sorceress becoming Zor. Like, I never want that to change. But it'd be nice to have some big battle birds too. Yeah, like, keep yeah. Screech a big bird, and then you know, get, just rename him. Like give give the heroic warriors their Zor, but just give them a new name, you know, and mm-hmm. and make it the heroic fighting falcon. Like that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. I, I could get behind that. Yeah, um, cause I, I I mean the cats were one thing, and but to me that was part of what made this special too those birds being huge and they right. they looked epic and mythic i mean when you see them next to the figures they're still not as big as they're saying on the record but there was yeah. this like that's a huge bird anyway like it was i used to make so, them pick them up you could use the figures yeah. to pick up the figures and everything exactly so. so you got you got you got the air force then basically he make it start dropping rocks on people and stuff Absolutely. Instead of picking them up and throwing them, you can just throw them from the <laughs> internet. <laughs> I like it. All right, let's see what Man at Arms has to tell our young prince. Greetings, my friend. And greetings to Zor, the Falcon, too. I see concern on your brow, <laughs> The enormous bird settled its mammoth wings by its side in a gust of wind as Man at Arms put his hand on Prince Adam's mighty shoulder, and the two of them walked through the garden talking. I am afraid, sire, that I am not the bearer of good news. This I sensed, my friend. Please tell me what is wrong. There is trouble in the Northlands, my lord. The wicked Skeletor has found his way dangerously close to Castle Grayskull. That bony fiend! His wickedness knows no bounds! It is worse than you think, my prince. Skeletor has learned of the wisdom of the elders, which is hidden deep inside Castle Grayskull. He has vowed by all that is unholy to break into the castle and gain control over the Elder's wisdom. This must not be done. 
With this power, Skeletor could easily rule all Eternia. His cruel leadership would plunge our world back thousands of years into the Dark Ages once more. All across the planet, the light of hope and joy would be snuffed out by this fiend. He must. He will be stopped if it takes my last breath to do it. I knew, my lord, that you would not let your people down. The fate of the planet rests on the outcome of this battle. In an instant, Prince Adam reached down and grasped the sword which always hung by his side. He seized it in his strong hand and lifted it high overhead. <laughs> it gleamed in the afternoon sun. This was the Sword of Power, given to him by the sorceress, protector of Castle Greyskull. With this mighty weapon, Prince Adam could transform himself and his pet tiger, Cringer, into He-Man and Battle Cat, his armored mount. I am ready to do my duty to defend this planet. Skeletor will perish! Then, in a booming voice that echoed off the castle walls and out into the forest, Prince Adam shouted the magic words that would cause his amazing transformation. By the power of Castle Greyskull! By the power of Castle Greyskull! <laughs> the earth shook underfoot, and black clouds swept across the Eternian sky, darkening the sun. Overhead, yep. the heavens opened up, and down through the inky clouds flashed a brilliant bolt of white light. In a split second, it crashed onto the very tip of the sword of power like a bolt of lightning. A shower of blue sparks flew upward toward the heavens. Even the gods watched on in amazement, as in a blinding moment, the molecules of Prince Adam's body danced and swirled in a kaleidoscopic pattern of energy and change. Moments later, as the blue smoke cleared, Prince Adam was gone. In his place, muscles poised for action, stood He-Man. By his side stood Battlecat. The power of Castle Greyskull had transformed Cringer into a fierce animal, a huge cat with green and yellow stripes and gigantic sharp claws and fangs. He-Man leaped up onto the enormous cat's broad muscular back, and with a shout, the two brave fighters charged off into the forest toward Castle Greyskull. Okay. Yeah. That's the stuff. <laughs> That's the stuff. That's, it no. it might diverge, but there is something uh, like the, just the descriptors and the narrator yes. telling you what is happening during the transformation. Because uh, I don't, I, I this might have been like the first time I ever heard of the transformation in this way. I don't remember, so that's why my Probably. my fuzzy memory is not remembering when that mini comic hit that I'm talking about versus the DC, but. It's very the memorable. whole thing. Oh, well, the whole thing is entirely yes. memorable. Yeah, it creates a picture with it changing from that. That's and the theme music, like you know, it, and that's one of the things I love about filmation. You know, that is the theme music throughout just mm -hmm. paints the perfect picture. Same thing here. Like you go from that that like towards the whole Cringer and uh, Adam playing to the 
you know, I'm, I do horrible. But yeah, it starts being that yeah. as he's drawing the sword and everything. Um, you know, it's, <laughs> and yeah, just the way the way he talks about the heavens, the sun, the earth, the blue smoke, yeah. like. You can envision that transformation just as much as you can the filmation one. You know, it's very nicely done. Um, I, I'm glad filmation Adam doesn't have to repeat his phrase though. Cause that's, uh, yeah, I, I mean, even I don't even mind the golden... the, them putting the castle part in there, but the fact that he has to say it twice is like okay. <laughs> yeah, like again, filmation just they knocked that thing out of the park so hard that. Yeah. There's nothing that has yet to come up against it to make me go, I like this better. There's nowhere the 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 theme, everything in that moment, John Irwin's voice, his delivery. But yep. yeah, there, it's it's funny to me because if Adam is so carefree and playful, to listen to the way he talks with Man at Arms here doesn't make me completely believe he's as carefree and playful compared to you know what are you doing, Adam? I'm watercoloring, you know, like on filmation or whatever versus in this one, he's just like, I sense this, my yeah. friend. And he's like very, the, the delivery is how he delivered, you know, and well, there's, and there is it's him and man at arms alone. So, I mean, it's, it's, you know, obviously man at arms still knows the secret in this because he transforms right in front. Of he him. transforms right in front of him. Yeah. So, so, so it's, it's a little bit more like you see him where he can be serious, which again, I'm not doing the rant. You guys all know it. You know me by now. You know, Prince Adam, the, fool, the carefree Adam is an act. So. Mm. Well, the, the other thing, uh, the thing that gets me, like, I, I still remember these these lines of dialogue. Like, I don't remember them well enough to quote it verbatim. Yeah. But when I hear them, I'm just like, oh, like, it, it, I remember the cadence and all that. But even now, like, years later, it, he has that, Skeletor must be stopped. And all I keep hearing is, Megatron must be stopped no yeah. matter the cost. That's like, I, I, I love it, but this was years before that. So there you go. He-Man was well, already drawing the line in the sand. So there you <laughs> And he does have that very generic, like, good guy voice, like Prince Adam and He-Man in this. They're very much just that stereotypical. Um, and there's, there's nothing wrong with it. I actually think it's one of the better portrayals of He-Man outside of John Irwin. But John Irwin brought that little bit of something to it. I I can't even put into words what it is. But he he kind of he broke it out of that stereotypical mold that this is. You know, he, the, I think the thing for me in this is it's it's the stilted way that he talks is part of the issue. Yeah. Like He-Man. Filmation He-Man always had this, like, he wasn't using the King's English to the extent like this one is. He was talking the way you and I would talk, but he wasn't using slang. And, yeah. and you know, like, in this one, there's a, I sense that, my friend. He's He's got right. this really stilted way of delivering it, and I don't mind it, but it is kind of funny to hear this version. Yeah, so. well, he's speechifying, that's what I'm saying. He's that, he's that oh, yeah. good guy, like, we will win! Yeah. Let us go. You the know, victory like, shell. Be on. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they told you the whole story before it started. So let's finish up this side here. Let's see what Skeletor and his evil warriors are up to. Meanwhile, on a rocky bluff overlooking Castle Grayskull, Skeletor 
and his wicked followers, Evelyn, Beastman, and Triclops, gaze down at the view below. It was dusk, and the setting Eternian sun cast strange, twisted shadows as its last remaining rays filtered down from the ancient pines. Far below Skeletor and his friends rested Castle Grayskull. In the dim half-light of sunset, the castle glowed with an eerie green light that seemed to radiate from within the moss-covered stone walls. Cool. The iron <laughs> windows of the skull-faced castle stared out menacingly, as if to warn any would-be intruders to stay far away. A shroud of swirling fog was settling over the castle now. It wrapped its misty fingers around the castle towers and spiraled towards the damp earth. The castle's entrance, the huge tooth-lined mouth of the skull, was sealed shut. Like the mouth of a long-dead man, it knew many secrets but would speak none of them. Mm-hmm. Small leathery bats flapped their way out of the cracks in the castle walls and darted madly across the blackening sky. It was a sight that would fill most people with fear and disgust. But it had just the opposite effect on Skeletor. The castle's bony exterior mirrored his own skull face, and he gazed on in admiration. Isn't it beautiful? What a lovely sight. And to think, soon Castle Skull will be mine, all mine. Once I am inside the castle, I will find the secret of Castle Grayskull, and the wisdom of the elders of this miserable planet will belong to me. <laughs> of course, there is the small matter of the unavoidable fight between He-Man and me, but that is of little consequence. His puny power will prove to be no match for the power of evil I possess. By the time the sun sets another day, I, Skeletor, will be the supreme ruler of all Eternia, and Castle Grayskull will be mine! Mine! That, like, the the ending of that makes me think of him on the volcano. Yeah. Like, I could so see the Alcala of him on the volcano with his, with his uh, sword and everything, like, in that mm-hmm. mini comic. And, it, I mean, I, I, I know Frank Langella took the role of Skeletor because his son loved He-Man so much. Mm-hmm. And it makes me wonder if they had a copy of that record. Because this Skeletor really has that Frank vibe to it, to me. It does. It does. I'm I'm not a huge fan of it, but it it works. Um, yeah, he's 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 got not quite as good as Frank Langella, though. I'll give it that. Like Frank Langella is like top notch, but this guy's I'll put him slightly under Alan Openheimer. So, oh, okay. He's, 
That's still good cred. I mean, geez. it is. It's just it's 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 same problem that I have with He Man. Like it's it's just a little too stereotypical bad guy. Like sure, you could, you could put almost any evil guy there and be like, okay, this is this is his his dialogue, you know. So yeah, but the this, dialogue's the, great and his delivery's yeah. good. It just I like something a little more unique for my Skeletor. So. More Brian uh, Dobson, Alan Oppenheimer. So sure, I know there's other recordings later on where it reminded me uh, Skeletor and the one it was the um, the Thief of Castle Grayskull. Yeah, I think it was where now that one's he a good has. One. I like that one. Well, here here's the thing. That one reminds me of when I was a kid and I'd talk into a fan while it was running mm-hmm. to me. That Skeletor was just like some guy just walked up to a fan <laughs> and he started talking into it. You know, and it's like. This one, I, I kind of like that he's got this, there's almost like this underlying ghoulishness to the way he's talking because he's delighting yeah. in all this stuff. And he's selling it, man. He is just oh, selling absolutely. the crap out of, you know, the evil. It's like it's like everything he says is like dripping with a little extra evil just for the heck of it. And and again, the um, the sound effects, those are oh, so yeah. great in this moment. The, the music and just having that ominous tones while he's talking and 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 then when they were talking about the actual like um the details of Grayskull and the yeah. glowing the green glow of it and all that I'm like I want to I want to see that either on the big screen or in a cartoon where Grayskull has that like it's radiating with the power coming the out of ba- it like the that. bats like flying out of cracks yes. and just the whole eeriness I mean it's it's right up there with the filmation where you get at night and all the lightning striking and everything yeah. like Oh yes, no that that was very well done. It really paints mm-hmm. the picture. I like the fact that we're like, you know, He Man's racing to Grayskull, and the evil warriors are already there. They're like, okay, we got this. We're gonna bust into here. <laughs> we're gonna get this before the day's out. Like by tomorrow, I'm gonna be master of the universe. Like that's. I feel like that is a common theme in a lot of <laughs> stories, though. Like I, I know uh, separation. He man's like two steps behind, too bad the whole time. Uh, Curse, uh, Curse of the Spellstone, one of your favorites. <laughs> two steps yeah. behind Skeletor throughout the whole thing, yep. and it's like I think that's how they need to write. He man is is not a proactive character in that yep. way. He he does not seek out Skeletor and find out what he's up to that day to make sure he's not causing trouble. It's oh he's causing trouble. It's like Batman. Batman yeah. is not proactive. He's more reactive, just like He Man mm-hmm. in this case. So it amuses me on that level that, you know, it, it feels like some of the best stories are always the race against time of him needing to get somewhere before Skeletor can enter it or get to it or whatever. Oh, absolutely. Um, so it, here, it's like this is a good case in point. Well, and that's it. And here what they're doing here is what they should have done in that DC miniseries where they're just keeping it simple. We're just mm-hmm. we got, here. Here's Eternia. Here's He-Man, Man-at-Arms. You know, here's Skeletor and his evil warriors. They're trying to get in Grayskull. Like, yep. So there you go. Sets the stage. This so is what effective. it's about. And yeah. that's it. This is this is another way that Mattel's trying, to, especially with them kind of revising things as they go. This whole record is another way for them to to push out there. Like, okay, kids, this is what it's all about, and this yeah. this is doing it very well so far. So. This this record and a lot of the stuff that led up to filmation for me is it reminds me almost of like Star Wars, mm-hmm. uh, and, and and by that what I mean is 
the first Star Wars ever, the New Hope Episode Four, or just Star Wars, whatever you want to call it, yep. is a, a work of George Lucas had to do so many things to get that thing to even function the way that it mm-hmm. did to mm-hmm. become this behemoth that we know it to be today. And this is like you're watching them putting the wheels on the car in this, you know, it's like they're, they're getting this going, they're tuning up the motor and they're, they're going to launch it. And filmation is going to be the thing that launches it into the stratosphere for the eighties kids and for, you know, generations. But this, that's why I love this. It's like the, the old star Wars, you can kind of see the filmmaking in work. And this is one of those, the story, the dialogue, the sound effects, all of it. It's like it's this is the closest you're going to get to like a, an animated special without just having the visual of it. Right. And I I adore it for that reason because it it really and I w- if they did this animated, I'd still want the narrator. Oh, I don't think yes. he needs to narrate everything, but the, all the stuff about Eternia, he could be narrating that while they show different lands in Eternia and even talking about you know it didn't scare Skeletor. It, I love that part especially. Yeah, I like it, it, about. The, it, it kept the secrets, uh, it, you know, it, it kept secrets like a dead man. You couldn't pry it from its lips because of its, having the skull facade and all that. And, and I like how they brought up that, you know, yeah, like this castle looks like Skeletor, but it's not Skeletor. Like, I like that they actually acknowledge that here. Like, yeah. okay, kids, like, just because it looks like him, it just means he's not afraid, which has kept a lot of people away over the years. It's like, I'm not going near that. And he's just like, whatever. I look at that Dang. in the mirror every morning. Who cares? Let's go get that power. You know. Exactly, and and it really does a great job of of uh, really pushing out there why this is such an interesting story. Because the idea that it, it, it's still to this day, I love the idea. Here's Castle Grayskull. What is Castle Grayskull? It's this freaking scary castle mm-hmm. in Eternia, and and what does it do? It gives the hero the power. Right. That's awesome. That's so against what you would expect it to be. And, and and this is such a good example of, you know, he he's still by the power of Castle Grayskull times two, you know, and and, and here. The, it, yeah. And then and then you're getting the whole development of this is what it's all about. And it's it's still like it's eerie to listen to that scene and give you that like, you know, you're, you're picturing the, the darkness, you're picturing the glowing of it, you're picturing Skeletor looking out over it and. There's this mm-hmm. sense of like he should be home. This this should be his home. <laughs> it's, yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. It's, it's a good record. It's setting everything up. It's well well written, uh, well acted, very well produced, edited, put together. Um, I'm I'm gonna go an eight out of ten. It's it's you know there's some stuff that doesn't quite hit it for me, but that's just my personal preferences. But it's amazingly well done. Solid eight right here. The the opening narration alone makes me go nine. There's no way around it because that <laughs> the, thing is just it builds 20, that world in my tw- head. The twenty two minute theme song, you mean? Well, the twenty two minute theme song is what will make it a ten once we go to the next day. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, uh, but but like seriously, like no, it, I know. It, it's it, I think I think the 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 only things about this that make it just slightly lower than 10 for me are, you know, I'm not a huge fan of by the power of castle gray skull twice mm. and, and little, little bits like that. But it's like, that's the only reason why it didn't hit 10 for me. It's like these tiny little things that I know are right around the corner in the history of the brand that make me go, you know, like the, the transformation, the description of it is amazing. 
But mm-hmm. if they would have paired that with John Irwin doing, you know, by the power of grace, holy God, would this be amazing. Yeah. Like this would my, – my heart would be soaring on wings of Zor, you know. <laughs> like that's yeah. that's where it would it would amount to. But it's so close because I – I literally, my face hurts. I have been smiling <laughs> through every freaking moment of this episode sure. because of this. And I still am like, you know, like I, I honestly could not go round two right now because of the lateness. But there's that part oh, of me going, yeah. I can't wait till we get to round two. You know, it's oh, side two yeah. next, it, it, two episodes from now. So Right. Two weeks from now we'll get to that. So. Yeah. Anything else you got uh, you want to bring up today, Sean? Anything closing thoughts? Um, uh, I'm just looking forward to the next one because the thing about the uh, episode six and seven that I I was uh, talking about for podcasters, Steve only did clips. So the fact that we're going through the entire thing, even though we're taking our moments to talk about it, it's it's still there's something even more to it. The way that we're doing it, I I really love that we're going the we're going the distance on this one. Yep. So I'm looking no, forward I to, to I wanted to make it easy for the fans to follow along because not everyone's yep. heard this before and this gives you an opportunity to not only hear the story but to hear our thoughts on it too. Sure. Sure. So yeah, looking forward to uh two episodes from now where we get to talk shop about the end of it and Yeah. Yeah. This is the good this is this is why this is great. The, the Masters is great in my opinion. So Absolutely. That's it. How about you? Oh, I'm just going to do my typical rant. So, guys, there you go. There, if you're enjoying the show, you like what we had to say, go ahead and click all those buttons down below. Uh, like us, please. If you're listening on audio, can you throw a rating in iTunes so that Sean will stop hammering me about <laughs> how I talk bad about iTunes? Um, if you're on Podbean, click the little heart. Um, if you're on YouTube here, uh, you know, click the like, click the subscribe, click that little bell. So you know not only when a new episode goes, but we're starting to venture into some live episodes. I, I forced Sean to do one, and mm-hmm. he kind of enjoyed it. So that's yep. something we're going to do a little more of here, um, you know, more regularly. Not every episode, but more regularly. Um, so that will also tell you when we're going live. You can join us in the chat room. Uh, drop a comment down below. Let us know what you're thinking. Hop on over and check out our Facebook page. Drop us a line there. Uh, and we do we do some stuff in in the page there too, sharing different things. Sean pops on for lives in the wee hours of the night, and um, yep, it's every now and then I delete them. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> and uh, after you're done with all our stuff, go ahead and check out Podcasters of the Universe. It's another great uh, Masters of the Universe podcast. Uh, Steve and Jeremy are wonderful hosts, and like I said, they got me over my initial disdain for this intro so <laughs> i couldn't do it but they got it. hey wh- however it works for you i'm glad that you're on board because i just well i just i had to be forced to hear it because like you said he threw clips up there so i'm like mm-hmm. okay he forced it into my ear like if you had ever just sent me a message where you were just like recording it and like send it to me through messenger it would have done the same thing but, uh, well <laughs> it, it, he didn't even do the we will fight, we will win bit of it too. I'm like, that's part of the fun. Like that bit's the, that bit's the part where you're just rolling your eyes going, this is so corny, but for some reason I love it anyway. Absolutely. And we made it through, made it through the whole thing. So, yep, we did. Yes, guys. Thank you all for everything. Uh, Thanks for supporting us. Click those buttons. 
And until next time. Until next time.